Our reading this morning is from the first book of Kings and chapter 19, the story of Elijah. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, how he had killed the prophets of Baal with a sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. Now Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. And all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, get up and eat. Well, the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank. And strengthened by that food, he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb or Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave to spend the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, what, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, put the prophets to death with the sword, and I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. The great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, a still small voice. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then the voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Just that far, this is God's word to us today. Today we begin a series of sermons that will be focusing on stress, uh, burnout and depression. How to cope with these things, how to minimize their effects in our lives. This is not to be morbid or negative about life. Stress, burnout and depression are far more common than you think. So many people are struggling in this area. And I've written a little booklet entitled Coping with Stress, Burnout and Depression. And we will be looking at various aspects that I've discussed in this little booklet over the next few weeks. I wrote that little booklet shortly after I had myself gone through very serious burnout. It was a time when I was carrying big responsibilities. I was working very hard, working seven days a week. I wasn't taking a regular day off. 
sometimes I play golf in the morning and then carry on working for the rest of the day and sometimes late into the night. And suddenly I crashed and went into a deep, dark hole. I went into burnout, that stage just before serious depression. I became terribly negative about myself, filled with fear. I was scared to go into the pulpit on a Sunday. I was functioning at 50% efficiency. And strangely, I became very aware of Satan and the power of evil during that time. What triggered that was when somebody that I admired said a negative word of criticism about me. And suddenly burnout hit me. It was a scary thing to go through and it took a long time for me to work through it and get strong again. Whenever I think of burnout and depression, I often think of the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament. He was regarded by the Jews as the greatest of the prophets. And he gives us a classic example of burnout and maybe depression. He was a loner. He had very few support systems, few supporting people around him. He didn't have an easy life. Uh, king Ahab was not a very good king and had introduced all sorts of foreign gods and false worship into the life of Israel. And at one stage, Elijah feared for his life so much that he had to run away and hide in the desert. And you remember how the Bible tells us that he was fed by the ravens. Now Ahab's queen, Jezebel, was even more wicked. She was a foreigner, Phoenician. Uh, she introduced foreign gods, brought them with her, and particularly the worship of Baal, a fertility religion of that time. Uh, you could go to the temple, have sex with one of the temple prostitutes, and that allegedly would make your crops grow better and your animals more fertile. And you can understand how that kind of religion would catch, off, catch on very well and become popular with some guys. Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal to a contest on Mount Carmel, which is uh, the hills just behind Haifa, the modern uh, port of Israel. He said that each of them was to prepare a sacrifice to their God, but put no fire to it. Uh, he would do that and they would do that. And then each one of them was to call upon the name of their God to provide fire for the sacrifice. Now the prophets of Baal danced and prayed, but nothing happened. And then Elijah prayed and fire came down and consumed his sacrifice. It was an amazing victory for God, an amazing defeat for the prophets of Baal, and a huge emotional high for Elijah. But then Jezebel threatened to kill him. And Elijah crashed. He went out into burnout or depression. He ran for his life into the desert. He was discouraged. I'm a failure. I just want to give up, Lord. I can't take any more. He was sorry for himself. I'm the only one who's standing up for what is right. And he just wanted to give up. Eventually, he found himself in a cave on Mount Sinai where God passed by in the earthquake, the wind and the fire, but he didn't find God there. 
God finally spoke to him in a still small voice that spoke to him and told him that he needed to go back and to do certain things and face some of the things that he needed to face. It's a classic picture of burnout and depression and the sense of failure and negativity that comes with it. Have you ever experienced burnout or depression? Stress levels in the world today are incredibly high. So many people that I know are struggling in this area. And I suspect that what we've been through with the lockdown and everything that it's meant has pushed many people into burnout and depression, loss of jobs, loss of income, worry about loved ones. And especially the elderly, enforced isolation that they've endured in our old age homes, uh, I mean retirement villages, I apologize. Burnout and depression are far more common than you think. It is no respecter of age. We're obviously the most vulnerable in middle age when midlife crisis hits us. But you'll also find it in children who live in stressful situations. You'll find it with teenagers, with peer pressure, pressure from their parents to do better in their study and their work. You'll find it in old age homes. Many old folk are battling with depression and burnout. I think many street people and dropouts are suffering from burnout. And addiction is often a sign of burnout as people try to compensate for the symptoms of burnout by getting dependent on different things, alcohol, uh, drugs, gambling, social media. And there are over 45 different types of addiction that I know about. So what is burnout and depression? It's caused by too much stress, too much stress for too long. And eventually something gives way. There's good stress, uh, healthy pressure to achieve and do better, but there is bad stress, too much stress for too long. And eventually everything breaks down. And the signs of burnout, the beginnings of depression, we feel exhausted, we have no energy, we are drained by a chronic tiredness that is not helped by sleep or ordinary rest, and only temporarily relieved by a holiday. You have difficulty sleeping, you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you can't get back to sleep. Bodily symptoms like headaches, an illness that won't go away, stomach disorders, and also uncharacteristic outbursts of anger and resentment. Road rage is a warning sign. And the joy will have gone out of life and your faith and you will probably have stopped praying. And just a warning about depression. We're focusing here more on medium level depression but there are much more serious forms of depression, clinical depression, endogenous depression, and that's a kind of black hole depression. Where you have a nervous breakdown or you begin to think of suicide, and that's far more dangerous. You see, when we are stressed, the body generates adrenaline. 
And if you are constantly stressed, then it continually progresses adrenaline, too much adrenaline, and that causes a chemical imbalance in us. And that's when we need to see a psychiatrist to seek professional help or a doctor who will give us medication. Burnout is the precursor to deep depression and we need to be very careful. Now it's my belief that burnout and depression actually affects us at three levels, the physical, the mental and the spiritual. Now those are the three levels of the human psyche. And therefore the cure for depression and burnout will be at those three levels as well. The physical, what we eat, healthy eating, regular exercise, the mental, making sure that we think positively, and the spiritual, getting in touch with God again. Now I've really hesitated to raise a problem without helping you to see a cure and a way out. But we will be looking at these things in more detail over the next few weeks. And if you can get a hold of my little booklet, Coping with Stress, Burnout and Depression, uh, you will find that helpful. I will have them for sale at the dropout of groceries on a Friday morning at Mseni. Today I would like to, us to do something much simpler. To focus on our relationship with God's creation. To take a good look at our relationship with what God has made and with ourselves as created beings who are made in the image of God. Often one of the side effects of burnout and depression is that we get out of touch with nature and creation, out of touch with our true selves. But even if you are not going through burnout and depression, this exercise will benefit you. Coping with burnout and depression needs us to live a balanced life. We all need to live balanced lives. And when we get, begin to live lives that are unbalanced and lose sight of what is important in life, we get separated from nature and creation and God. And above all, we forget that we are the pinnacle of God's creation. Now, Tuesday, the 1st of September, was spring day. You might not have noticed with the cold weather and the clouds, but it began the season of spring. And so this is a good time to do it, to get in touch with nature and creation. And that's why we are in the garden today. As we sit here in the midst of nature, let us remind ourselves of God's creation and that we are made in God's image. Let's begin at the beginning and look again at what the first chapter of Genesis says. God created the universe and the earth, the sun and the moon, the plants, the animal, the fish and the birds, and God saw all that he had made and it was good. And then God said, let us make humankind in our image and our likeness. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And God saw everything that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. 
Now, sometimes when we get over stress or move into burnout and depression, we forget that it is important to stay connected with nature and with uh, creation. We forget that God made us in His own image. We forget that we are the pinnacle of God's creation. We forget that nature and the creation shout at us that we are precious in God's sight. We forget that God didn't just make us because He was bored one day and had nothing better to do. He made you and He made me because He loves us and He wants us to love Him in return. And when we get depressed, we tend to lose sight of how precious we are to the God who made us. God's creation can remind us and help us to get in touch again. So this is the first step in our recovery, to get in touch with our Creator and His creation again. And maybe that's why when we get down and are feeling negative, a visit to the game reserve is always such a renewing experience. Can I invite you to do a short exercise with me? Go out into the garden and find a place to sit in the sunshine. If you can't do that, look at a picture of something beautiful in nature. If it is at all possible, sit in the sunshine. Feel the rays of the sun on your skin. Sunshine generates vitamin D, which is so important to us. That vitamin D in turn generates serotonin. Uh, that's the chemical that contributes to our happiness and our sense of well-being. Just being in God's sunshine is so good for us. Now read a passage of scripture. Can I suggest Psalm 8? Let me read it to you. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you've set in place, what is humankind that you are mindful of them, men and women that you care for them? You've made us a little lower than the angels and crowned us with glory and honor. You've made us rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under our feet. All the flocks and herds, the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim in the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now get comfortable. Sit with your hands in your lap with the palms turned upwards. Feel the sunshine touching you and warming you. Feel the sunshine of God's love and healing power flowing through your hands and your body, flowing into every part of your body, into your mind and into your soul. And stay like that for a few minutes. Now open your eyes and look at nature around you. Thank God for His creation. Thank Him that you are His special child. He made you and He loves you. You can say a short prayer or the Lord's Prayer if you want to, but don't let words get them in the way of this experience. 
Now we're short of time in this sermon. This exercise should take a good few minutes as you let the sunshine of God, God's love flow into you. So won't you find some time later today to repeat this exercise on your own somewhere? Sit in the sunshine, read Psalm 8 or Psalm 23 or a favorite passage of Scripture. Sit with the palms of your hands open in your lap and allow the sunshine of God's love and healing power to flow through your hands into your body, your mind and your spirit. Now open your eyes. Thank God for His wonderful creation. And repeat this exercise several times during the week ahead. In fact, why not make it a regular part of your devotional life? So, let's move to a close. Look at nature around you. Look at a flower if you can, or something beautiful that God has made. Thank God for its beauty. Now say to yourself, God did all of this for me. God made the mountains, the flowers, the birds, and all the fish in the sea for me. Not only that, but I am the pinnacle of God's creation. And after God had made all the stars and the world and the plants and the fish and the birds and the animals, he said, now I'm going to make Ralph, and I'm going to make Jessica, and I'm going to make Joan, and I'm going to make Dave, and I'm going to make Robert, and I'm going to make Mary. You can put your name in there. Look around at God's creation and say, God made all of this for me because he loves me. Now that's enough for today. Just sit there for a while and allow the beauty of God's creation to soak into you. Let it fill your body, your mind, and your spirit. And allow God's creation to say, this is how much I love you. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for nature and your beautiful creation. It speaks to me of your power and your majesty, but above all, it speaks to me of your love, your love for me, your love for everyone and everything that you have made. Thank you for spring, for the new life and the rebirth of the world. Let the sunshine of your love and healing power flow into my heart and my life. And in the week that lies ahead, may I live, may I live with a deep sense of your spirit going with me in everything that I have to face, especially in my problems and my difficulties. Give me your guidance and your strength. I love you, Lord. Go with me now in Jesus' name. Amen.